Good morning. It is so good to uh, be here with all of you, uh, despite us not being in a physical location. Um, it is so good to be able to be together uh, while apart. Uh, so as we begin, would you uh, pray with me? Jesus, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be uh, in your house. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be, uh, Lord, the, the place that you dwell. Lord, that wherever we are, you are there. Uh, Lord, that wherever uh, we are, wherever we go, Lord, uh, that that is holy ground, Lord Jesus, because you are moving in and through each of us, Lord. So I pray uh, that as we focus and lean into your word this morning, Lord, that we would uh, encounter you, uh, that we would uh, hear the truth that you want us to hear, Lord, and that we would move uh, in ways uh, that you have called us to, Lord. So we thank you in your beautiful and precious name. Amen. Uh, The mind is so complex and mysterious, and our mind contains our thoughts, our emotions, memories, perceptions, and dreams. If we actually think about it, it is so perplexing that something so magnificent, indescribable, as thoughts or consciousness comes from three pounds of gelatinous pudding that is in our skull. The more scientists study the brain, the more questions spring up. And no one knows exactly what the mind is or how the brain creates it. But they know it is powerful. And what's even more mind-blowing is the mind can actually change the brain. Simply, as you, as you create thoughts, you, your thoughts create patterns, and you can actually rewire your brain. You can actually rewire the way that you think. And the more you practice a new thinking pattern, the more the same neurons will, uh, will learn to work together and will learn to, to wire together. And even though this is a... Every thought is, a, is, a, is a, literally a physical path that is formed within the brain. Listen to this. The more you have a certain thought, the deeper the imprint this path will make. The easier it will be for your thought to uh, enter your mind. The same thought patterns. The more you do something over and over again, the easier it is each and every time. Now, what, what, the, what does that mean? What is the significance Well, the way we think determines how we live and who we are. The way we think determines how we live and who we are. See, what I want you to do for a moment is I want you to pause and think about what do you think about? I want you to think about your thoughts right now for a moment. When you approach every day, when you approach your everyday life, how do you think? What is it that you think about? Do you find yourself as as an optimist or pessimist or realist? Maybe we can go a little further. How do you view people around you? Are you cynical? Do do you think, uh, 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 do you give people the benefit of the doubt? What do you think about yourself? What do you tell yourself when you make a mistake? Your answers to these are telling about what consumes your mind. And what consumes your mind controls your life. Whatever you think about tends to direct your life. In other words, the life that you generally, the life that you have is generally a reflection of of your thoughts that, that you think. 
Proverbs 23 tells us that as a person thinks in their heart, so they become. Your life is generally moving towards your most persistent thoughts. And so if you tend to think of the world as chaotic, you will probably experience your world and emotions in flux. If you can't trust anyone, you probably will not be trusted. You will probably be lonely. And if, if, if I hate my circumstances, I would most likely come to the end of the day, no matter how many beautiful moments and interactions I've, I've had, thinking, this was a terrible day. See, if we repeatedly step into our, our days, setting ourselves up to look for only the worst, and, it, and in the worst in people, we will find that. Your mind tells you what you will find. The quality of your life will never exceed the quality of your thoughts. If your mindset is formed by fear and anger or by greed or envy, that's the only kind of world you will ever find. The way we think determines how we live and who we are. The scriptures have a lot to say about humans and their minds. And most of the time, uh, we unknowingly neglect these scriptures. Maybe because it's, it sounds like a self-help book, or, or, or we don't find them important at the moment. But in the scriptures, Paul tells us, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, 1-2. See, in a similar way, it's saying do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you. And what is good and pleasing to him. See this may be one of the most commonly referred passages in the Bible. Yet we don't really know how to apply it. What does it mean to not conform to this world? Far too often it's, it's disintegrated into moralizing a person's action. But that's not all Paul is talking about in this passage. When Paul speaks of do not conform to the pattern of this world. He's actually confronting our mindsets. See, there are, there are patterns in this world. There are all kinds of ways of thinking, schools of thought, philosophies, uh, and, and beliefs, the ways that we approach life. But not all patterns are beneficial. See, earlier in this letter, Paul says, the mindset focused on flesh is death. And the flesh is the state of humanity. It is alienated from God due to uh, being self-seeking. It is uh, sinking sand. And so what's interesting is the Ten Commandments point us to, to humans' patterns. Okay, so let's for a moment uh, be honest, right? Uh, have, you, have you ever lied? You know, I, mean, I only have a few people here, like five people, so we can't fully engage. But in your rooms, um, in your living rooms, uh, while you're with your family, I just want you to, 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 to join in with me. Uh, have you ever lied? Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, see, this, this, uh, this human pattern and this commandment is, is lying. It addresses, this commandment addresses lying in the human pattern. Now, let's take it a little further. How many of us have ever stolen something? 
Now, I want you just to give me a moment uh, and let me define it. It is pretty much taking something that is not yours. So, for example, uh, a towel at a hotel or from a gym. Uh, Maybe taking a pen that a waitress or waiter uh, lets you borrow for a moment. Or uh, how about a cookie when you were younger? See, this concept of, of, of stealing uh, this concept of stealing is part of a human pattern. Uh, and for those of you who are still struggling whether you actually sinned, have you ever been, uh, have, or this pattern of, of stealing, have you ever been late to a meeting? You stole someone's time. All right? And so this is the human pattern. This is the human pattern. And as, as we yearn uh, to have what is other, to what others have. As we yearn uh, to hold on to something so much, uh, we, we can see that throughout all of the commandments, it looks at the human patterns of people from uh, coveting what is not yours to being filled with anger. It looks at patterns that we all experience. See, a lot of people think that believing in God is a decision to be conformed. But actually, when you live outside of God, you conform to the patterns of humanity in their worst. And to to not conform and to be transformed by the renewing of your mind is to leave that conformity of the worst of humanity and to step into what God has for you. It takes something greater to break us from conformity. So... See, I think we're all trying to change. I believe that we all want to be different. We all want to be better than who we are right now. We all want to be who God created us to be. Some of us have patterns where we've been trying to break out of for a long time. There are conflicts in our lives that we've been trying to outfight, outrun, and outmaneuver. However, the only way you're able to break out of those patterns is if you gain mastery over your mind. You have to gain control of your thoughts. And I know this sounds weird, but this is scripture. The scripture says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What God is telling us is that it is actually possible. We can actually change and grow. No matter how difficult it has been or will be, we can change our mindset and we can have a new mind. The mind, the new creation that God wants to give you. See, it would, take, uh, it would take the time and focus on renewing our mind and breaking uh, the influences that we've created. See, this aspect of our being is so important to cultivate that in a letter to the, the church of Corinth, Paul uses militaristic language to explain the importance of gaining mastery over your mind. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons. Using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized uh, with divine power to demolish strongholds. And we can demolish every pretension that opposes God and breaks through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow into the obedience of Jesus. See, there are people who are actually fighting battles and wars against political parties, against nations, against groups, against one another. But we have a different battle to fight. And Paul's saying here there are influences filled with evil and darkness in the unseen. 
in our heads, in our minds that we have to get rid of. We have, the, we have these weapons that can tear down these thoughts, these philosophies, these way, this way of life that only brings out the worst of us. We don't have to be a victim to our thoughts. We don't have to be a victim to the enemy. We don't have to passively accept being bombarded from all places. There is no territory more critical or difficult for you to take than the one that is in your inner world, in your mind. And we can demolish every pretension and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. And we capture every thought like a prisoner of war. In order to develop your mind, you have to capture these thoughts. You have to capture your thoughts. Literally grab hold of your thoughts, the thoughts that are harmful and oppressive and destructive, and hold them up to the lens of Jesus. See, Jesus is our filter for everything. Jesus is literally our filter for everything. We capture every thought. But have you ever tried capturing every thought that comes to mind? It would drive you insane to try to capture every thought. See, researchers have assessed that we have about 60,000 thoughts a day. 60,000 thoughts. And, and that's about 2,500 thoughts an hour. They have estimated that about 80% of these thoughts are negative and repetitive. So we look at it, about 48,000 thoughts a day are negative, And they come to our mind and into our brain every single day. And we are only aware of a probably a handful of them. So how can we literally capture every, every thought that comes to our mind? See, we can capture these thoughts and be proactive, but we have to create a, a filter through which these thoughts are processed. See, to begin to take every thought captive, we must ask ourselves, where do these thoughts come from? And how do they get into my head? How do they get into my head? The process of taking every thought captive begins with identifying the source of our thoughts and to filter through which of these thoughts are sent out. Which ones do we send out or which one do we allow in? So you have to take control of the mindset. The most critical battle we will ever fight is in our and for our minds. And we have thoughts warring against themselves. And when we gain this control over our mindset, over the way we see reality, all the thoughts should start filtering through properly. Which is why the scripture shares with us how to filter our thoughts. And it says uh, in, in Philippians 4.8, So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic. All that is real. All that is honorable and admirable. All that is beautiful and respectful. All that is pure and holy. All that is merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work, praising Him always. We are encouraged to create a focal point for our thoughts. That it, for our thoughts to look at all the things that are beautiful in our mind. All the things that are kind and merciful and holy. 
See, God wants us to think about the interactions with our loved ones, to think about uh, our thoughts, and to think about the conversations that we have with our brothers and sisters that that fuel excitement to to engage in in the word. Uh, Not to my shrub oaks group. We do that all the time. I love you guys. Um, Wish I was here with you guys. Um, But God wants us to think about our brothers and sisters, the people that lift us, the people that elevate us. God uh, wants us to, to, to sit outside and experience the world that he has created. See, every artist always, uh, every artist always leaves a piece of themselves in the things that they created, in the, their artwork. And so as we experience the world around us, as we see what is beautiful, what is kind, what is gentle, what is holy, we experience and see God through all of those things. So as we see God in nature, as we see God in all of creation, they all point us back to him. If we reflect on the scriptures, which are always consistent, but they are ever-changing. See, scripture is god breathed And God says in Genesis that he breathed his life into our nostrils, and they filled our lungs. And because of that, we are able to grow and move. And so it says the scriptures are God's breath. And so as we experience and we grow older and as we mature and we experience scripture, not only does it reveal to us and it is consistent in truth, it is always revealing more and more and more to us. Every time we come across it, every time we step and engage in scripture, it moves and it changes us and it grows. It is consistent, but it's ever-changing, revealing us, revealing to us more. And if we consider the merciful and kind moments that people exhibit uh, on a daily basis, despite the, our current pandemic and some of the sad things we've seen, we see that people are working hard, sacrificing themselves for others, for strangers. There are innumerable ways to fix our thoughts on the admirable, to fix our thoughts on the extraordinary acts of God. We just have to choose to step into that. We have to choose to look into it. We have to opt into lingering in the wonderful that is in our world. Focus on what is good. Focus on what possesses excellent qualities. Oh, and and by the way, it's always amazing when science... Uh, When advanced neuroscience is catching up with what scripture has been telling us for centuries. Gratitude reshapes our mind. It literally changes our brain chemistry. It has been stated by many studies that there is a strong association between the more one sets uh, their emphasis on appreciating the life that they have and the things that are in it. To the overall well-being of an individual. The more someone is is grateful, the more it it affects and improves the well-being of a person. It is also stated uh, that it may be the most significant lubricant to mental acuity and adaptability. See, gratitude builds new and good neurostructures in our brain. Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we are thankful, there is literally a shift in our being. There is literally a shift that happens in our mind and in our soul. See, our human bodies, physiologically 
and spiritually respond to the posture of gratefulness. Our bodies and our souls, they, they respond to what we think and who we focus on. Not only does God's spirit fall on us, which is overwhelming and astounding, but our minds were created to respond to the goodness that comes from God. See, in Hebrews, uh, it is written, For here is the covenant I will one day establish with the people of Israel. I will embed my laws within their hearts and fasten to them on their hearts. I will be loyal, I will be their loyal God, and they will be my loyal people. We are in God, when, when we are in God's purpose for our lives, when we embrace being His people, when His way of thinking becomes our way of thinking, when our perspective, when His perspective becomes our perspective of reality. See, when our minds are renewed, we can see life for what it really is. Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be made new in the attitudes of your mind. Ephesians 4.23 Set your sights on the things above, not on earthly things. Colossians 3.2 Put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Colossians 3.10 But but to set the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Romans 8 God has given us his beautiful, beautiful, restoring, free gift, and it's for us to receive through Jesus. And when we have, when we walk in this goodness the way he intended and purposed, we can gain mastery over our mind. See, God has empowered us to take responsibility of our minds, to take responsibility of what we filter in and out. Capture your thoughts, focus on the good, and be grateful. See, God doesn't want to control you. He wants to transform you. The way we think determines how we live and who we are. And what's beautiful is that God, that God empowers us to make decisions, but he also wants to be part of our journey. We have to allow God to change our mind. Oftentimes, we think we can will our way into change. We think we can will our way into relationship. We think we can will our way into goodness. But we have to allow God to do what only He can do. Get your mind right. There's a Greek word. It's metanoia, which is is translated repentance. And it's it's used a couple of ways. Uh, The first way, it's, it's used to be sorrowful. But that's just a minor use. The other is, is return, uh, to, to be repentant and turn towards, uh, but, but it's really return, because in the ancient times, they assumed that uh, when, when, uh, when you begin life, you begin face-to-face with God. You start your life with God as the focal point, and somewhere along the way, you drift. So this concept of metanoia is to return back, it's to return your gaze back to God. See, the inception of this thought to return is that we were never meant to go through life without the lens of Him, without the lens of God through seeing everything. Metanoia actually has a, a unique construct. Meta means uh, beyond or change. So, like metabolism or metaphysics, which is uh, beyond the natural order. Uh, and noia is to think or thought, uh, kind of like paranoia, where it's irregular thinking. 
So metanoia is less about feeling sorrowful or, or, or feeling the condemnation and judgment. And metanoia is more about uh, beyond thinking, changing your mind. So what happens is when we conform to our ancient ways, uh, when our mind is focused on the things that are below our purpose, we think outside of God. We begin to lose perspective of the transcendent. And when you have a new mind, you begin to see the reality from the mind and eyes of God. Just let that sink in for a moment. It's the God who created the entire universe who spoke into all existence, who decided that one color was not enough, that he created sunflowers and, 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 uh, and dahlias and tulips, that God created the aromas of, of chocolate and coffee, and God knew that there were fragrances that were needed in the world like vanilla and lavender. The God who imagined all the concepts of our senses and created an unfathomable amount of experiences for them. That God pays meticulous attention to detail, to all the beauty and all the wonder of life. And you can actually see life through this lens. That's the amazing thing. The way we think determines how we live and who we are. And God wants to transform your mind. Take you beyond where your thoughts can take you. And into his good and pleasing and perfect will. Because as we do not conform to the patterns of this world. To the thinking of the worst versions of ourselves. God wants to transform you and your mind. Renew you into who he's always created you to be. To renew who he's always wanted you and purposed you to be. And to step in so that you could know his good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. And so there might be some of us who are watching uh, this morning who have no idea, who've never experienced this view, this view and reality of life. This perspective of, of reality that we have through and in Jesus. And so if, if that is you this morning... I don't usually do this, but I, I just feel like there might be one person who is literally on that fence, who is on that line, that they don't know if they want to experience and start this journey with Jesus. But if that is you this morning, I just want to give you the moment uh, to just say, Jesus, I give you my life. So as we take these just next few seconds, I just would like you just to, to quiet your soul and say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. This is not going to be, uh, the, you're going to have conversations about your relationship. You're going to have conversations about your life and your mind and everything uh, for a really long time. But this is just the beginning. God, I give you my life. God, I give you my life. And for those of us who have just turned away. We've just turned our focus, our minds, our thoughts on, on, on to anything other than God. With this moment, we take this moment to refocus. To refocus our mind, to capture our thoughts. And to steer them in the direction that they truly want and were truly created for. And that is Jesus, to be the focal point of your life. So, uh, would you pray with me as we close up? Jesus, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity uh, to be here in this moment. Lord, that you are the God who created us uh, to, to be connected to you. That our, our, our minds were created to, to, to have you as their focal point. 
Lord. And so I pray uh, that as we move uh, into our day, that we would be reminded of what is truly important. That when the things come into our mind that bring us to the worst of ourselves, that bring us to the, to, to, to the worst versions of who we are, Lord, that you would move in. That we would be reminded that you have called us to something more. That you've called us to be set apart. And that you've called us to look and focus on you. So we thank you in your precious and beautiful name. Amen.